Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, God. We First thing we want to do is give you all the glory and the praise, God. We ask that anything that you'd have us to say tonight to draw everyone closer to a relationship with you and a better relationship with each other, God, we ask this said in the name of Jesus. We ask that everything we do is to the honor and to the edification of your name and your, your sacrifice that you have given us, God. We ask that we do all things in righteousness and pure intentions. God, we thank you for this opportunity. We honor you and we praise you and we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're excited to have you on tonight. We're so glad to have Patty back in the studio. Yes. Glad to be back. It's always weird without, you know, the main (laughs) four that we have. It's always... It just doesn't feel, it feels like you're walking around with one limb missing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you got one arm and it's just not right. You can still pass by with it. But with that being said, we're going to go around the table and start things off by asking everyone how they're doing this week and how things are going for them on this wonderful holiday week. Patty, we're starting with you. Okay. Well, we had a great weekend so far. Um, it was a busy week at work because I took Saturday off and mon- and I don't work Monday, but Tuesday off also for the holiday. Saturday, we had a three-year re- memorial service for my father and two-year memorial service for my grandmother. And then we had uh, our church picnic, which was really fun. Yep. And today I went shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Some shopping therapy. <laughs> good. That sounds like a good time. And I, yesterday's service was really good, both of them. Well, I know, too, being in my family owning a business and stuff, we always, when you want to take the the weekend off, you work, 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 mm-hmm. work, work right before, try to get everything done, yeah. everything prepped for yep. when you start back up so you can actually take the weekend yes. off. So I know what kind of rush that seems like. And it was a rush on Saturday doing everything and being a part of everything. And it sounds like you had two different obligations on mm-hmm. Saturday to go to. And and Sunday morning and night was awesome as usual. Yes. I always enjoy myself thoroughly. Casey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, had a phenomenal time Saturday hanging out with everybody and just having a good time in fellowship. Can I just generally. make a side note about that? Go ahead. Go for it. We need to plan these different dates. It's extremely hot when we do these things. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to plan the around the 4th of July. So hot? Well, it doesn't, I'm not saying that around the 4th of July. I'm saying let's do one in springtime or something when it's <laughs> yeah. 70 degrees outside. And right? It was 70 degrees out at like 10 o'clock. 6 a.m. <laughs> I know, it was like 10 o'clock Saturday night. It was still 70-something degrees out. Anyhow, didn't mean to cut you off, but go ahead, You're Casey. all good. We were all sweating during setup and yeah. most of the way through. I had to change my shirt. I saw that. Was it from sweating or was it from all the super soakers? Super soakers. Combination. Okay, we had a lot of water guns that were making the rotation the rounds. If you were... Uh, Got squirted in the face. Don't take offense. It felt felt pretty good. It was pretty good. (laughs) To be honest, I held one of the bigger ones for a long time. And most of the time, I wasn't squirting other people. I would just sit there and go like that, squirt down the back of my neck, top of my head. I was more <laughs> using it to cool myself down so to get somebody in the face or something. Look, about an hour in, I had a defense weapon only. If yeah. I was getting sprayed, somebody else was getting sprayed back. I wasn't <laughs> taking it lying down. But yeah, other than that, Sunday was awesome. Always is. I feel like we say that a lot, but we just genuinely have been having really great services here yes. lately. Um, I was kind of not annoyed, but silly. I had to work today, but I get tomorrow off. I wish they'd just given us both days, but that is what it is. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Bryce? I've been doing pretty good. I feel like you know, Saturday, I just I don't want to be redundant by saying the exact same thing because we all went to the 
kind of the same thing, but I had to work today. Um, I didn't really necessarily have to, but I chose to. I wanted to get up and get a couple things done. Like So tomorrow I can sit and enjoy my day without thinking about what has to be done. But um, Sunday was good for me. I appreciated everything that happened Sunday morning. I should have I should have not taken the offer in my mind to preach on Sunday night. You I should have just so good. You I did, did really good. good. I did fine. I, I'm not saying that I did bad, but I know that I studied for a 15 minute sermon. And <laughs> when when you try to take 15 minutes and stretch it into 30 minutes, there's a lot of stretching. And part of that has to do with me just reading some of the verses, but Anyhow, looks like I just have to do a part two, I guess, and just go deeper into what, because I want to start doing that more and more as the time yeah. gets closer. I want to start right. doing more full length type sermons to kind of get my feet wet into doing that a weekly or a monthly basis. But with that being said, I feel like, I didn't feel like I flunked. I know what God told me to good. say. And yeah, I, and it, I put it, it was good. It was great. But I just felt like it was short. It was fine. It happens. Look, whenever you preach, you have to know you have to give your dad a little bit of wiggle room to preach longer, too. So we had a normal exactly. length service because you went a little bit shorter than he filled in. Which is fine. And I I, I didn't feel ashamed or no, embarrassed to do that. No. But with that being said, I probably should have just left it at 15 minute in the morning and would have been fine. But anyhow, I appreciated the, the opportunity. And trust me, I'll take it again before long, maybe even next week. I don't know. Hey. Yes. In my mind, it feels like you can you can see see what you think about this. I feel like taking over and doing every other week sermon on a Sunday night would make me happier it, by taking me out of the rotation for doing a fifteen <laughs> <laughs> once a month. <laughs> In my mind, it seems like that would be better. Be yeah. like, yeah, I don't have to wonder about that. I just know every other week I'll be doing a full one. But I'm like, you're a schedule lover. No, but well, no, it's like, wait a minute. I'm I actually hate schedules, and that's why I hate that. Be not hate it. I just despise it because I'm sitting there. I'm like, <laughs> it's Saturday night, and I have nothing. Let's and I'll bust preaching. out our thesaurus, right? Because <laughs> we have to choose new words for awesome. We can't say hate no more. <laughs> but anyhow, it almost gives you too much time to think about it. It, right. It gives you time to procrastinate. And that's yeah. what I, I'm terrible at procrastinating to where with that, I'd be like, OK, I need to be always ready and have something that's valid all the time. It makes sense. Anyhow, that's just my thought. Um, Mark, how are you doing? Doing really good. Doing really good. Spent some time me and uh, DJ. So I, the one I point as DJ Benny Boo Boo Bear, who's sitting over in the corner right now without <laughs> any microphone or headphones. Hi, ben. <laughs> we got we were. Blessed with a couple of kayaks from from Gibby. Yep. So we went and we took it out to Black Lake. And then after about an hour or so, so you know what? Instead of just sitting on these things, let's go get in the water itself. So we it's put them out. Yeah. It was getting warm quickly, but it still looked also like it wanted to rain. It's like, well, I, I tracked it and I don't think the tracking was right because it kept wanting to kept beeping and wanting asking if I was paused because when it was going a little bit slower. It said we went a little over a mile. I think we did more now because we went back and forth across that lake at least three or four times yeah. and around different corners and different places like that. Yeah. But it was fun. Then we got came up here. We got changed out of our wet clothes and went on a little walk. Tried to go visit somebody who's <laughs> over in the other corner over here. Did not know she was nothing on Mondays because man's like, isn't Patty's shop over here? Yeah. Well, after lunch, we'll go. We'll go say hi because we were looking for it, and we thought it was 
on the block before McDonald's, but yep. before the tracks. It's like, well, we don't see it. And then we were walking back, looked over. No, it was right where he said, isn't it past a sign? It mm-hmm. was just before the sign. So, Good job, Ben. You remembered. Yeah, well, he's got his mother's directional <laughs> skills because he had it on the other side of the sign. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyhow. <laughs> But so, it was good. It was good. It was so fun. Yeah. It always is fun to spend time with your children. Yes. Or oh, a yeah. child of yours. Yeah. That's what I told him. So I'm going to take time then. The baby. Get each of them. One of the other ones out in the kayak. I don't think it'll be any problem getting Gabe out in the kayak. No. You don't care. No. Eli might be the one that takes a little convincing. Yeah. Anyhow, let's go around and just talk tonight. You guys want to? Sounds good to me. Sounds yeah. good. What have you guys been studying about this week? These last weeks, I guess. We can talk about it. You ain't gonna you ain't gonna enlighten any of us on the full sermon. I know that. <laughs> no. Let's talk about it. I have a lot of studying some of the same things. I've been doing I still do a lot of studies around uh the crucifixion, the resurrection, um creation and all that stuff. That's kind of still where I keep finding myself because yeah. the stuff I like to look into. Well, the the gospels are most important. Yeah, in the Bible, not most important, but the most important collection. You know, they have the everything tells the same story. We've went over that, but that has the story, you know, and the character and the person of Jesus Christ. I think it's important with that. Yeah, oh yeah. I've been studying about Jesus Christ as well. About just in my my thought, I said it on Sunday night. I said he was a carpenter by trade, but a savior by choice. Yeah. And a lot of us take for granted that, you know, he was the son of God, but he was also a son of a man. Yes. You know, with Mary and Joseph, he had to follow the rule and direction of his father and mother, his earthly father and mother. Yeah. And in the same point, he had to follow the direction of his heavenly father. And that kind of goes along with our lives. We have to follow the direction of our parents in the same we have to follow the direction of our heavenly father, you know, leading people to Christ, being examples and lights and Everything else, you know, if you just want to break off on that a little bit, we can talk, you know. I think so. I think a lot of people don't ignore, but they don't pay as much attention to the humanity of Jesus as they do the divinity of him. Right. Yeah. You know, he True. was fully man, but also fully God. But you have to think, being fully man, there had to have been things that he went through, you know, emotions that he felt that we would Absolutely. That's why the, the picture... The story in picture, or the picture in the story of him going to the Garden of Gethsemane. With the mm-hmm. sweating drops of blood. The sweating drops of blood. It's an actual medical condition. You know, instance that happens when you have great stress. And the temptation of the devil when he was fasting for 40 days. You know, all these things come together to tell you that he's a real person. Mm-hmm. And he fully experienced everything that a person experienced and conquered those things showing you that it's possible. He even made sure to point out that, you know, in the fleshly side of him, if there was another way to do it, he was more than willing to do it another way. But knowing that that was the plan, he didn't argue. He went ahead and did what the plan was. Even though, like, he put that window into his thought process of, you know, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. Right. But then he immediately followed with the, but either way, not my will, but thine. So it wasn't, he acknowledged that he would rather not have to do this, but he understood why he had to. He understood the plan. He understood the whole reason what would happen when he did this. 
And that was worth more than whatever the discomfort and the pain and everything was. See, that's my biggest problem. I don't fully understand the plan most of the time. Right. And I definitely don't see it. You know what I mean? It's it's hard for me to go along and just be a part of what God is trying to do. That's why it's just so, I guess, not easy, but it makes more sense to say, God, your will is higher than my will. And I will, I'm trusting to follow your will instead of my will because your plan takes me further and it puts me into a better position no matter what it looks like. It takes me into a better position at the end of the day because he He is working. We talked about this a couple times before. Um, God is the creator and we are the creation of these things. And he had to create time, space, and matter. But he's outside of those things, yeah. so he's not limited to one point in time and one spot. He can see further down the road than what we see. That's why it's important just to say, God, I have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Even when you can't see his plan, you don't know what his will looks like, I trust what you're doing with my life. That's exactly what I've been studying on is trusting him. Because he's been a man and because he's gone through trials like we have, we have stress. I'm sure he had stress. We have anxiety. He had anxiety praying mm-hmm. in, in the garden. Um, there's different things in his life that he had to go through. Our depression, I'm sure he got lonely. Yeah. Depression is another form of, of loneliness. Yes. And I'm sure he felt that. And he felt like an outcast at times. And we feel that. Right. So I know that I can look upon his word and find where he went through something similar to what I've gone through right. or am going through, and I can see what did he do to get out of that. Yep. You know, and and also he gives us a way to get yeah. out of it. Yeah. If he could do it, being a man on this earth, we can do it because he looked onto his father. Right. And that's what we have to do. We have to trust the plan of God, no matter if we can see it or not, just right. like you said. But we have to trust that he has all things worked out for our good. That's what we were talking about last week. It, we we're talking about faith, and I don't know if you listened to the podcast or not, but we—it's it, the substance Casey of didn't things. Either. Substance of things hoped for, and evidence of things unseen, and that's a problem for me. You gotta have faith is something that you just have to have, whether it looks like it or not, whether it seems like it or not. It's substance, Wait, I and did it's evidence. To it. Yes, I did. It's substance <laughs> and evidence. And it's things that are hoped for and stuff that's not seen. Yes. It's hard. Yeah. And you got to think you can look at other things. You could say he definitely dealt with abandonment issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He took his closest friends out of all his friends with him when he went to the garden as well. Yeah. And they all repeatedly fell asleep on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even though he's like, you know, you go somewhere, if you got, you know, me, Gibby, your dad, Casey, Riley, whoever with you. It's easier because you know you've got support. But if right. every time you looked over to the people there to support you, they're snoring over there. It's different. It's it's not really support. Phone. Yep. <laughs> and we think, weren't going there. Well, think about this too. He said he told his disciples, get in the boat and we're going to the other side. And he went down and was asleep. And then they come down and say, Master, do you not care that we perish? And it's like, do you not trust me? And I was listening to something today and it really opened my eyes to that story. And another uh, level of that story up on top of the ship. I'm sure water was coming up over the side because the winds were raging and the water was crashing yeah. and the waves were crashing, but down in the boat, it was still dry. He said, instead of coming down and questioning whether 
Jesus is still with you or for you, get close to him because it's still dry there. Yeah. In these times when you feel alone or feel down and feel out or feel like you've been abandoned by your closest friend, which Jesus said he'll stick closer to you than a brother, said when you feel that way, get closer. Yeah. When you feel that way, draw nearer. Yes. You know what I mean? And it, there's something about being next to someone that you love that brings comfort to you yes. and someone that you trust that brings comfort to you. Yeah. Hundred percent, because it's it's that security, security, that feeling of security, yeah. that yep. feeling of even if you know you're laying there, your eyes are closed, you can't physically see they're there. You or maybe you're not touching them, but you can still sense that they're right there with you. Right. There's something about that that brings brings peace, and and when you get into a, a place where you've been distraught or pressured or tested, you need a little rest too. And there, there, there's a place of rest when you find peace and joy yes. and comfort. You can find rest. Yeah, you're not resting in chaos. You're not resting uh-uh. in anger or any of that stuff. That's that's not rest. You're down on the bottom of the boat in the tranquility. Yep. What have you been studying about, Casey? I have not been studying about Jesus and his life, um, even though the entire Bible is really all pointing there. So I so, guess you could say that I am. <laughs> Especially if you go back far enough. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to leave that one right there. Well, I've been in the first three chapters of Genesis. There so you go. I've gone back far there enough for Mark. <laughs> um, and I've just been studying about humanity and creation. We talked about identity yeah. a couple of weeks ago uh, now. Yeah. And that's kind of been where I've at, you know, just finding, I guess, identifying identity from the very start, you know, the beginning of man, the beginning of creation. And taking it through and trying to find all those similarities to where we are now, all the things that, you know, Adam and Eve faced initially that we're still going up against all the time now every day. Because I feel like a lot of times they say history repeats itself. Yeah. Um, I'm not a general and I'm not in the military, but I can only assume that they have battle plans that they go back to. Yeah. The same ones that have been used for probably hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. So I think there's there's value in going back and looking at previous battles or previous battle plans and how people handled things. Then you have some knowledge, some not experience, but just a little bit of foresight. Yeah. Foresight as to what might come. And like, you can tell because you can see ones that worked and ones that didn't. And also ones that only worked in certain situations. Right. Like if you go back and you know, the standard way of warfare was for hundreds of years or thousands of years, you had, you formed up your lines and you marched on each other. Yeah. Directly across. You still do some of those same things with your formations of your tank troops and cavalry and all that stuff and things like that. Yeah. But then when you got to some of the, I think they still only refer to them as conflicts, but Vietnam and Korea and things like that, you didn't have the the country didn't support that. The layout of the land was not that. They would come out, ambush, ambush, and retreat back into the woods. There was no forming up. So and they learned quickly. To adapt the battle plans to that situation. They didn't abandon them completely because later right. on there were times they still came into use. But right. having the knowledge that, okay, now that we're going to this, we have to attack this a little bit differently because they don't think like the people we are normally going against. Right. You have you to know. learn to adapt. Adapt. Exactly. Improvise and overcome. Because you look at a lot <laughs> of times in the wars... It was against people in Europe and things like that. Well, that's where a lot of the ones from the U.S. and others they came from there, so they had they brought it with them, right? And knew it would work when they go back Somewhere against else. them, right? 
Well, here's another thing, too. When you're talking about fighting an enemy, normally if you have an enemy that's here, they're driven by an enemy that's behind them. You know, yeah. They're driven by some ulterior or exterior force. They, And we know, the Bible tells us, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. His tactics never change. No. His his I guess his the basis of his tactics ch- don't change. No. Right, he might come at them different, and you might have to adapt as they come. But it's easy to make a game plan when you know that the one that you are fighting, you the one you are truly fighting against, whether you see, you know, there, whether there's a front man or not, but the one who's behind it that's pushing this fight, he's already overcome. Yeah, you already know the motivation. It's easier to find yeah. a solution. Right, and it's easier to. It puts more of a drive inside of you when you know that the victory has already been won. Oh, absolutely. The judgment has already been cast on one of the parties, and you have the ability to change your judgment. And that's, I, Yeah. Go ahead. And that's the thing. Also, you look at it. We always talk about, you know, you hear the phrase, we've read the end of the book. We know this, We know what happens. Right. And like, well, everyone's always wants to throw out, well, you know, the devil knows the Bible, too. It's like, he does to a point. He knows, but he doesn't have the Holy Spirit to interpret And he either. only knows to a certain point, because you think of when Revelation was written. The devil had already been cast out before Jesus told John what was going to happen. Right. So what he knows of was, is what wasn't written down yet. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have the full game plan, because he's not going to believe what he sees anyway. Because he believed that he was the one that was... He could do it too. Why? 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 You know? Why just God? Why can't I do it too? I heard something about that, and it was a pastor talking about uh, the man at the tombs. Yeah. Well, I they talk about it in Mark, Luke, and Matthew, and I think Luke says it there that there was two men at the tombs, and the other two just say one, but they might have been saying the one that spoke back and said, "I am Legion," you know. Yeah. But anyhow. Whether there be two or not, there's still we know that there was two thousand. There was two thousand demons possessing either one man or two men. Yeah. And he was going and saying that he said, just think about it this way. At the point in time when there when this man was alive and this had happened, there was roughly three million people on the face of the earth. He said, Now if you take that and translate it to people in America nowadays, there's three hundred and thirty million, according to, you know, the census of whatever year it is or whatever year it was. He said, now you take 2000, if there was just 2000, he said, I think it's strongly underestimated whether there was one guy just had 2000 in him and no one else had anything. But yeah, he said, that's 21 million demons fighting right now. If it's just the same numbers, 21 million fighting right now in America. He said, and you wonder why things are going the way they do. Mm-hmm. We've been giving up so much ground. Here's the thing, a comforting thought. Okay, if, set, let's use just that number, that 21 million. Right. There are 21 million demons fighting on the earth right. against the church. Yeah. Well, there are 42 million fighting for the church. Right. Yeah, because it's only one third. Exactly, because one third was cast out of heaven when it went with the devil. So if there's 21, it's like, just remember, double it. You've got twice. So here's the thought that I that that I was going for. I got a, I kind of went ADD and went off the track there for a second. <laughs> oh, shiny <laughs> objects. The best of us, buddy. Well, <laughs> anyhow, the point that he was trying to make, he said, when when Jesus was crucified and they put him in the tomb, 
And he said, it is finished. You know, he said, I feel like there was rejoicing around the throne or not around the throne, but rejoicing amongst the demons and oh, yeah. all these forces and spirits or whatever. He said, until he came back with to life, with resurrection, he said, I wonder if those, if those third of the angels looked at him and said, or looked at uh, Satan and said, you liar. Mm-hmm. You said that you could overpower him. You said that you could take him down. You said that he wasn't the son of God. You are. You lied to us too. That's an interesting thought. It is. It is. Yeah. Think about that because he had to lie to himself first. That's oh, the yeah. first person that gets the lie when you're about to lie. You have to talk yourself, yourself. into believing it, what yep. you're about to say. So he lied to him. Then he lied to one third. They fell. He, they thought they had power. It looked like they won until the third day when that stone was rolled away and he came out victorious. I would agree with that. Think and about and it. it's a good. And it definitely gives you some good thoughts too. Then because they had no other choice once they made their choice. Right. I'm say it gives you a different appreciation for grace. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Because they don't have it anymore. No. no. They were lied to. They chose to believe it, and now they're stuck with the outcome. We choose to believe the lies of the enemy or choose to go off and do our own thing. And even make the lies sometimes ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And what's the easiest way to get, convince someone else of a lie? Put a little truth in it. Well, even before you get to that, to be able to put forward enough of an argument for what your lie is. Right. You've, you've said it enough to yourself that you actually believe it now. Right. You have to be convinced. Because you can tell when someone's telling you a lie, if they're not convinced that they think that they're actually right, you're not going to believe what they say. Right. Even when they sprinkle the truth in, it's like they have they have to sell themselves out first to sell anybody else out. And then just to be safe, they got to sprinkle enough truth that if someone goes, and look, well, yeah, that says that there. But okay, but read the rest of it. Get the context. What are they talking about? And it's not anything to do with the lie that's being told. Right. Yeah. Patty, what have you been studying about? I already told you. <laughs> she did? She did. <laughs> oh. But I did can I, keep going because it's not the only thing. I, I thought the last one we talked to was Casey. Yeah, Casey. Yeah, I thought was, it was too. It, it was. was. But I said it But before. you guys went one, two, three, four. Yeah. Oh, did we? Yes. Oh, you were the end? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, go go further in a way. But anyway, I was I was thinking about praise too, because in all circumstances, you gotta give God praise. Absolutely. Through the through the trials, you give him praise because you want a better outcome in the end. You know, you're hoping for that for the outcome to be to be good. You the know? evidence of things unseen. Yes, faith. I think I think praise is the only thing that really has a lot of power attached to it. Absolutely. I've been thinking real heavy on praise here lately mm-hmm. too, Patty, to be honest. You know, the demons can't praise. No. 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 Only we can praise. Well, I just, even the definition of the word, if you want to look it up, you can, Mark, but I just will. my thought. <laughs> praise, whenever you're giving somebody praise, not saying in the spiritual sense but if i were to praise bryce for how well he did i'm acknowledging him right i'm acknowledging the work that he did i'm acknowledging the effort that he put forward yeah and that's all that your praise here is too is acknowledging god for who he is and what yes. he's done yeah i mean you like it whenever somebody says that you did well mm-hmm. yeah absolutely who don't it, it, yeah. that's yeah. what i'm saying think about paul and silas at the about in the midnight hour right they and a, a, an interesting thought too. They were down in the the inner parts of the it, down in the inner parts of the jail. How did they know it was midnight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so dark you couldn't see anyway. 
Well, my thought is, too, they said that it was the third watch of the night and the jailer was sleeping. And he didn't make his transition. So when they started seeing transition, well, it's midnight. The new day has begun. Let's praise now. What happened after they started praising? Foundations were shook. The foundations were shook. The jail cells were open. The the chains were loosed on everybody. Am I wrong? Not just them. And then the 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 jailer got up. He wanted some light in the situation. First thing he wanted. And then the next thing he wanted when he seen that all the cells were open. He wanted to kill himself. He was going to. And I think that there's a, a miracle in that that we don't, that we kind of overlook sometimes too. Yeah. Let's just use modern prisons as an example. Yeah. What would happen if randomly in the middle of the night, Every cell door and gate and doorway in the prison unlocked. What would happen? Chaos. They'd be gone. Yeah. They'd be gone. Mm-hmm. What happened to all the prisoners? And I guarantee you, as 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 rough as I'm sure some prisons are, and the way some people act in the prisons, yeah, they ain't got nothing on those ancient no prisons and the way they treated prisoners and things like that yeah because there wasn't rules for that then. there were there was no three hots in a cot back then <laughs> <laughs> that you know that, that is there the prison state is club med compared to you know what what they had just thinking about that prayer didn't get them out of that no <laughs> nothing nothing they could have done could have got them out of that what did patty praise see wait so you're saying that praise opens prison doors yes, isn't that it the does. song lyric it's one of them. <laughs> it's yeah. one of them. Is, is praise more powerful than prayer? Don't know. Can't prove it. But in that instance, it was. Sure can. They go hand in hand. Do you think that thank you means more than somebody asking you for something? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Yes. All right. Let's hear what praise means. All right. We got two definitions. We have it as a verb and a noun, though they're really pretty much the same. They're really close. So like the verb is to express warm approval or admiration of. Yeah. The noun is the expression of approval or admiration for someone or something. That's all we're doing is expressing how thankful how thankful we are. That's yes. why I love the song Gratitude. Mm-hmm. I love that song. Throw up my hands and praise you again and again because all that I have is a hallelujah. I don't get tired of that song. I was like, it is sometimes really physically painful to not put it on every single week. I'm not going to lie. It's probably the one song that Casey would not say no to to sing every other week. You know, yeah. I'd sing it every week if I didn't think everybody else would get sick of it. It's so hard. But it's hard. like, how can you get sick of it? Yeah. yeah. You know, how can you get sick of it? Doesn't thank get you, old. Lord. It doesn't get old. You know, I know I'm sure that he's not sick of it. No, yeah. no he loves it. Because in a world full of everything that you could do, you're throwing your hands up and praising him again and again. Yeah. And at the same time, he's coming in because you're welcoming welcoming yes. him in. Right. You know, wherever two are gathered in his name, praising him and praising There's him. There's one thing. Ab- go ahead. Sorry. He comes in. There's one thing about that that I think, too, that we might have to rewrite some lyrics on it. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll just know, add our own verse. I know it's not much. It's, it is much. I know it's not fit for a king. I'm I'm not saying that it is fit for a king, but the praise that we have and the thank you that we have is much. It is a lot. Yeah. I say I think it's the difference between what we see as sufficient and what he's asking is mm-hmm. what you're coming at. You know what? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know, it has it has more power and more ability than we're even letting in and giving credit for. Right. If you look at all the things that God has done for us, all of the things that Jesus sacrificed for us, the 
full entirety of it and what it meant in our minds there's nothing that you can give back that Mm-mm. even begins to equal that it doesn't right. but all that he's asking for is your love right. and your praise yeah those are the only two things that you have to give and if that's all you have like the widowed woman who gave her one might yeah it's the greatest thing that you can when you said if you if think thanks for something is better than asking asking yeah mm-hmm. it yeah. is because if if you do something for somebody and they don't say thank you you don't want to do it again like, do you um excuse me yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know? so since we're on praise let's see if anybody remembers the answer to this question cuz i've asked this before i did a i don't know if it was in a sermon or if it was on a sunday school lesson actually I, now i remember it was a sermon why is praise stronger than anything that the devil uses. If if he's using the same language trying to get the same thing, why is praise stronger than his version? I have no idea. You don't remember? I don't remember. I did a sermon. Uh, it was a two-part one on... And it actually might have been a Sunday school lesson instead, but it was in a sermon format Yeah. about gathering arms, about different weapons that are not tr- the traditional weapons. Who wants to be the target to look up Psalm 22.3? I can grab it. Let's see who's the fastest. As we got Bible champ and Bible champ here. Let's see. Bible drill champs. <laughs> so I was never a Bible drill champ if Bryce was there. 22.3? Yep. I, I should have brought my Bible in here. But well, thou, you your... thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. And who is the thou that he's dressing in, addressing in that one? Since we already had a sermon on Psalms. We David? know it's from it's, we know it's David that wrote it. Chief musician. Thou is God. Yeah. So what well, makes yeah, praises I it was a trick question or something? That's what I was I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. What? No, this was like, straightforward. This was pretty straightforward. Yeah. So the way that some other translations say it is that God inhabits the praises of his people. That's yes. where they get that from. That's why I said we're welcoming him in. That's why we no him. matter what attack the devil has, since he's not stronger than God, as long as there's praise involved, it's going to beat it every time. Even if it's only praise alone, it will beat it every time because if God inhabits the praises of his people, the praises are strong. Yeah. The praises are all you need. The right. prayer and that's good too, but you can beat him with just praise, with just a thank you. Yep. Yeah. Say, and you have to think that whenever the enemy's coming against you and trying to attack you in any facet of your life, and you're just standing up and saying, Thank you, God, for all that you've done for me, you know, thank you. An expression of joy. Praise should be joyous. That's mm-hmm. my yeah. opinion yes, on it. Yeah. With any battle, you can forget to bring an item. You can forget to bring an extra clip. You can forget having enough ammunition. You can forget to have your helmet. You can forget to have a scope or whatever. Mm-hmm. Praise doesn't require you to bring anything with it. But your mouth. All, you. That's it. That's it. I don't even think you have to use your mouth. Or your no. hands. You can use your mind and Look. your limbs. People without hands, praise God. People without through, voices, you through, can leave you know everything I mean? else that's behind. Good, right? Yes, they do. And it's in your still, mind. And still have something stronger than any other weapon you can grab and bring with I you. I think praise is too, instead of it being in action, I think it's more of a lifestyle. Yeah, it absolutely. Is. I think if you are continually praising God, make a joyful noise all the time. Something you can add because Benny's right over there. What happens whenever? Oh, he's out. He's sleeping. <laughs> he's sleeping in the corner. <laughs> I was gonna turn the, around and put my mic so he could answer. This was gonna be the time to like where it'd be kind of cool if we had the camera because we just like say Lenny pan in on Benny. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyhow. But anytime I get in the car, whenever there's any other station on, it immediately goes right to Pulse FM or something like that. I'd rather listen to that stuff than any of the other junk. Right. Right. Well, it's part of it's part of who you are. Like we left church and Eli drove us Sunday night, drove us back to so I could pick up my truck. Yeah. And it was like a country station on as soon as the radio was on, yep, hit the button where I had a preset. Yeah. Well, I think that's an intelligent move because what you put in is what's gonna come out most of the time. Absolutely. That's all I like to listen to. As much as I like the other stuff, like I like listening to Metallica, um, Clapton, Santana, all these I like the I like the music part of it. Yeah. But if that's something I'm driving around, I'm listening to that. There's nothing like praise and worship. Absolutely no. not. Here's the thing too that I heard today that Do you take a picture of Benny? Is that what you did? It kind of str- it kind of struck my line. mind. Mark, I'm talking. Sorry. Get I just, it together, I just man. want her to send the picture of Benny sleeping in line. Oh my goodness. I will. Okay. Anyhow, sorry. It struck my mind. It was some it was a guy that was preaching and I was just listening to it while I was mowing and I'm like, just listening and trying to take in as much like your case is saying i'm trying to put in as much as i want to come out you know i want the good stuff to come out and if you put in good a lot of times you'll get good most of the time you'll well, get you won't good. get bad <laughs> not necessarily but he said he said why don't you quit crying and complaining you might be a job on the earth that god sees as fit to let satan attack you yeah 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 to let Satan test whether you are who you say you are. God has created you. It, don't back down now. That was something that blew my mind. I don't even remember who talked about Keegan. Job. It was Keegan. Okay. I had never picked up on that. And I had studied Job myself for that same sermon. I remember we preached on the same, same thing just thing. about. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that it was God who had showed brought Job into the picture. Right. Yeah. And which, the devil had to ask permission. Which if he's listening, Keegan, we do miss you. Yes, we <laughs> Anyhow, he said, he said, you might be a Job that God's saying, mm-hmm. have you considered my servant so-and-so, you yeah. know? Right. And to be considered that highly, you know. That's a high honor right yeah. there. Yeah. Absolutely. Even though it's terrible what happened, but in the same respect, like I was thinking on my line of thought on Sunday night, if I live, it's Christ. If I die, it's gain. If, if Satan, if, if your family is taken away in some horrific thing and they were Christians, You'll see them again. Right. You have the opportunity to see them again. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there will be a time where you will be able to come into contact with them again on the other side of this earth, on the other side of this life. And that gives joy and peace and comfort knowing that. But on the flip side of that, there's no joy and comfort in in the opposite to where you'll never see them again. Right. Yeah. It'll be gone forever. And that's the last time. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important, I think, to serve God and to under- and to know Him. Yeah, absolutely. Because do you want to have a Job type situation, or do you want the rich man and Lazarus type situation? Absolutely, it happens. Because you know, I you never hear Job complain about the fact that his kids are dead. He doesn't worry about where they went. Right. But when you get to the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man is concerned about his family. Right. One was comfortable in. The destination of where they were going when they died. Right, because he knew what he had done throughout the, the beginning stages and how he taught and what he told them and instructed them and showed them what to do. Exactly. That's kind of like when we go to a funeral and we know the person was saved for sure without a shadow of a doubt that they were sh- saved. Yeah. And then you go to a different funeral where they weren't walking right. And you wonder. They didn't like God. They didn't right. They didn't give him a chance. Yeah, right. like, the, like the mainstream idea of to live a life 
in a way that the the pastor has to lie at the service, right? As the way a lot of people want to do things, right? Because mm-hmm. guarantee you, when when you get to those services, it's like everyone there knows it's like no, uh-uh. <laughs> but I've been to some where some people don't think they're saved, but they were saved because they tried. Yeah. They gave their hearts to God. They gave everything they could, but the addiction had overtook them. Yeah. I've been to those funerals too. Yeah. And, you know, I just praise and ask the Lord, take them. My my thing is, I would much rather go to one of, of a saint that I know. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Definitely. Obviously, you don't. Knowing. Well, yeah. you, you, uh, you don't know what people do in their personal life. You right. don't know how people are, unless you know them personally, but there's still a side of people, whether you know them personally or not, that is yeah. untold, unseen, unheard, you know. But it's a lot easier for me to go to funerals. I hate funerals anyhow. Yes. Because it's just a Absolutely. sad time yeah. in general. But then it makes you think. Like it says um, it says somewhere where they said, well, I've I've prophesied in your name. Matthew I've done 7, this in 22. your name. Yep. And to not go to heaven and not, not be, not it, go. I accepted, mean, just, yeah. That goes the whole thing of. With since we're doing prayer and, and Sunday mornings, yeah, of they're missing the point. They're not getting, they're getting everything around it. Yes, they're not. They're not completely there. They're not. It'd be like Casey making a cake and miss deciding she didn't put any sugar in the batter before she put it in the oven to bake it. Right. That you're going to want that cake to depart from you. You're never going to want to know it. You're not going to serve it to anybody. Right. Throw it in the garbage. No, it's gonna go yeah. right. You can have every single ingredient and not put it in the oven. oven and it's, it's not still, a cake. Yeah. It's still not a cake. You can right. have every single ingredient and just throw however much of it you want in there and hope for the best. Right? And it's still right. not right. You've got to have like we talked about. Um, a big, big thing that can hinder prayer is when you ask a miss because when you're asking a miss, you're not doing it in the plan of the one that you're giving the prayer to. Right. You're not asking. You're. It's either. It's either inappropriate because it's a wrong thing to ask for or it's out of the will of what the one you're asking is wanting. Right. So just because they're preaching in his name, prophesying in his name, that doesn't mean that they're doing it right. Yeah. Because you could, then you can go back and look, well, what are they saying? Well, it's not quite lining up. It's like it's just so close. It's just a little off because yeah. it, it says later on, I want to say it says that, it might be in Matthew as well, but it might even be in Revelation where um, having a form of godliness, but denying, but denying exactly. Mm-hmm. They they look it on the outside. They look the part. That's it. Yeah. Going back to what Patty was talking about just a second ago about funerals. Funerals yeah. always remind me that I will have nothing at the end of my life yeah. except for what I've done for Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. It's a... I think even as much as I hate doing funerals or hate being a part of them and going to them, you know, just because of the sadness of it. And yeah, the, there's also a part of me that says you should attend mm-hmm. if it's whether it's your family or not, you know, you should attend. It's a good reminder of like the rich man and Lazarus. Everything that he gained on the earth is still on the earth, whether he had gold and silver and all this stuff, it's still here. Someone else is using it at the exactly. moment. Someone else is conquering it. Someone else is uh, working with it. The the Lazarus had nothing. That's why it says, "Lay up your treasures in heaven." And right, and where wrath, uh, rust, and moth do not corrupt, 
And like the song said that I sang 56 times on because Eli wouldn't change the screen. <laughs> Hold the God's unchanging hand. Build your uh, hopes on things eternal mm-hmm. because they will not yes. change if they're up there. Yeah. Things down here don't really matter all that much. Mm-hmm. That's an important lesson to learn. And it's a hard lesson to learn. It is. Because everything around you tells you that you need more, need more, need more, need more. Want yeah. bigger, want better, want better, want the newest, want the latest, want the greatest. Well, you know what you want after like- that? Something to protect us so no one else takes it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you always want more. <laughs> but there's but the, there's something about having enough. Yeah, like I was talking on Sunday night too in Psalms thirty five. It says, "You come off, come after you uphold the poor from the one who's too strong for him, and you take care of the poor for the one that tries to spoil with him, and you take care of the one that lives a simple life." Mm-hmm. There's, isn't there another one that says um, little as much when God isn't it? Yes. Yeah. But here's another thing. Think about this. We can take an example from the children of Israel during the wilderness. Not the part where they were ignorant and wandered for 40 years when they should have been there in a couple days. But <laughs> it's true. 11 day <laughs> yeah, journey, map, 40 years. They were current. They were consistently rerouting. <laughs> but when they were fed when they had the manna from heaven, what would happen to manna if they took extra? It rotted. It rotted. It was no good to take extra. They were given enough for each day. That's why it says, give us this day our daily bread. With the promise that tomorrow would be the same thing. It ke- it kind of keeps you trusting when you don't have a lot. Mm-hmm. And here's the other thing. You have to think, after a certain point, trust wasn't even an issue because they realized, okay, it's been... 76 days in a row, and every day I've had exactly enough of what I need. So, okay, however long this takes, I know it's going to make it, but they, they should have. They get to day 10,000. They're like, okay, what uh, are we doing now? Can we get some barbecue flavored manna? Can I get some like Cool Ranch? <laughs> well, it makes me think too that God knows exactly what is needed per, for provision versus what isn't enough or what would be too yeah. much. Um, we don't know the individual lives of every person on that march, but you can only think that if they were able to keep what was left over and store it, and they had to keep walking for another 39 years, they might have held on to so much that they couldn't do it in a way that was efficient or a way that was able. I want to say there was only one piece of manna that was preserved, because I believe that was one listed one of the items that was put inside the ark. They had the Ten Commandments, manna from... God, and they had, I believe it was the staff that blossomed for Aaron and for them. Yeah. Was the only things that were put in there. My and, thing my thing is on the manna thing like you're talking about, if they were able to keep what was left over and what was extra without it going away, the the evilness and the wicked mind of man would turn complacency into... Complacency would have come in and Well, not, not even that. It would have came to like a market. Yeah. Yeah. It'd have been like, okay, I got this. I've scooped up all this, you know. Now you don't have any, but you can buy it from me, right? To build Ooh, kind that's of that's good. I didn't kind, think of that. Kind yeah. of, yeah. kind of bring up their own little kingdom in this in this situation where then God they is wouldn't just, depend on God. No, right. then, then they're depending been, on Abel or whoever. I'm just picking a yeah, yeah, whoever, whoever, had, whoever, whoever yeah. had the most. You know, maybe you know one family that was traveling near you in this whole path had like 15 kids and you had one. Well, they can say, hey. You guys all go gather as much as you can where this guy can only gather so much with him, his wife, and one child. Right. But now this other family that's larger has enough to to, to share with everybody as long as they part with other things. That puts into my mind the thought. It's like, God, what are you doing? Wait a minute. 
wait a minute, wait a minute, God, what's going on right now in my life? And he just answers, I'm doing exactly what I need to make you move and to make you prosper forward through this and everyone around you at the same time. I'm not giving you more than what you're capable of containing. I'm giving you enough to take care of you right now in this moment because I know who you are. Whether it's someone around you that's greedy, whether you're greedy, whether you're selfish, any of these things, he's training us properly. And it goes back to what I was saying a minute ago about being outside of space and time. He knows he created you, first of all. Yeah. He knows the inner parts of you and how and how you function and how your mind works. But he knows forward five, ten years what would happen if you would stay in this sort of place. And he needs to wean you off of it rather than cut it down when it's a tree. Yeah, and like, for example, the space-time, not being in the space-time. This is the Apple Watch. Yeah. Designed by Apple. Yeah. Steve Jobs, and they made these. Yep. They're not in the watch. Mm-mm. It's still there. It's for the people to use. It's for use. Yeah. But the people that created it aren't, aren't part of it. You don't get them with you while you have it. Isn't right. it funny? It's called an apple. Just like the apple in the garden to eat it. Yeah, and then it's got a bite taken <laughs> it does out, have a bite taken yeah. out of it. Yeah. Isn't that weird? No. It think makes about per- it. it makes think perfect about sense it, yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Because whether you want to or not, you can find some of the dirtiest, nastiest, most defiled things on the planet right there. Yeah. yeah. Though, to be fair, that's irregardless of what the brand is. They're all as capable. Oh, no, They're all not just, open gateways to not, whatever you want to try and find. It's not brand specific. No, yeah. It's not exclusive. It's not something you're only going to find on the latest iOS. Right. <laughs> but, and here's the other thing. Keep going with the children of Israel with that march. Not only was he providing them the bread and everything daily, they knew it was time to move. When the pillars started to move. Yep. And when it stopped, okay, it's time to camp. They trusted it enough. They trusted that pillar of fire and the pill in the cloud by uh, day and the pillar of fire by night. They trusted it. And they had to because if it moved, you got scorched. Or you froze to death in the in the desert. That's one thing that boggles my mind about the desert. It can be 150 in the day and 30 at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could have been scorched in the morning and frozen at night. But they trusted the pillar enough, which they didn't just trust the pillar. They know who put it there. They trusted God enough to move in that. And you wonder why they didn't trust enough to just go completely into the promised land. There's only one spot where that pillar technically stayed a little too long, and it's a scorched beach (laughs) over in the Middle East. You can go there. You can see it. It is charred black. All the rocks are all melted together. And there's footprints in it. Am I wrong? No, I think you're correct. I'm pretty sure there's footprints in it. Oh, that, wow. Like you could take and take out a whole chunk with like a crowbar or a sledgehammer or something, but it's all the rocks all just like fused together with the sand. Like lava, like lava after. No, it's still, it's just pretty like, much. looks like black, right. st- it, it looks yeah, like black yeah, rocks. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's That's just what happens after lava touches it. Huh. But there was no pillar of fire. There's no volcano there either, so there's nothing else that can get the We don't have to enough do time to talk about that. Man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's too much there's too much there's too much proof to prove <laughs> yeah, too, much, too evidence much evidence to prove otherwise that God is God is real. God yeah. is not to be mocked. That's right. God is to be. be trusted. God is to be followed. God is to be revered. He's to be honored. He's to be upheld. He's to be lifted high. He's to be praised. He's to about be glorified. To say, throw praise in there. Yeah, throw praise in there. You may as well. He's yeah. to be honored. He's to have a close relationship, and he wants to with you yeah. today. Yeah, it. 
And Simple with, as that. With that, we're going to say <laughs> we're going to end this podcast tonight. We thank you guys for stopping, stopping by and listening for a few quick minutes with us and bearing with us. On this journey of doing podcasts, we talked about it. I think we're on episode 23 tonight. This is number 23, yeah. It's 23. We're halfway to 50 almost. So it's been a long, long little journey. It's been a fun. Learning. It hasn't seemed long, though. It doesn't. No, it doesn't I, I really counted that one day. I was like, we're that many episodes in. It seems like it's been more of a learning curve than anything, trying mm-hmm. to figure out and navigate what we need to talk about and stay relevant, and but still get some some scripture out there and get some life lessons through that's the important experience you know that's hard to do and we're learning that the hard way i guess but with that being said i I really appreciate you stopping by and bearing with us through this whole process we'll get better one of these days yeah yeah give us another 23 weeks or so (laughs) right i'm pretty sure we're pretty people love listening to it (laughs) we just need a lot more people to listen to yeah (laughs) we still want you guys to send send us messages especially like if you're on the line app with, at our church, if you're wanting to listen to it, you want something you want us to talk about, send it there or tell us at church. Tell us. Yes. Send it to YouTube in the comments and Lenny and Riley will see it or whoever you know. That, yeah, tell that us what us. you want us to talk about. Yeah. I think it would be a lot easier to answer questions. And since please share it. If everybody shares it with one person, that person can share it with their people. Just and share it just to your Facebook. If you it, share yeah. it, if you share it to your Facebook, Patty, mm-hmm. how many friends you got? Probably three, four, five hundred, you know, before. 1,000, 1,500, 2,500? No. <laughs> and here, here's how I know they want, there's questions they want answered, because whenever we preach, they they are, they listen, and they've always got something they want to ask about. So we know there's stuff they want to know about. Right. If this mm-hmm. has provoked thought and provoked a question in your mind that you feel like you want us to answer, feel free to send it to us, and we'll do our very best to answer. Yes. I dare you. And for the old, for the, the ones that like the, the Christmas story, I triple dog dare you. I was going to say that. <laughs> Anyhow, we got the old folks over here making jokes. We're going to say that we love you, we appreciate you, and we say thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.